Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all the Decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. This is Marty Oakley, the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the DS Radio Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. We're so excited to have Michael Volpe here today, and we also want to say good morning to Australia, our big supporters there at the Australia Association of Stop Guardianship and Administrative Abuse, AASDAA.org. It's 11 o'clock a.m. Saturday morning for them. Michael and I are going to try and do a quick show here. We are in a state of emergency. Um, I'm calling in from Wisconsin, USA, and Michael's in Chicago, USA, and we are in a blizzard. So there are some things we got to get to the store and uh, get all ready to experience a blizzard. But welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on, and we're so excited to hear about what's going on in Missouri. Yes, so starting in maybe September, I did a series of four articles that culminated with the early retirement of the target of my investigation in Pulaski County, Missouri. And I should know exactly where that is. It's not that close to St. Louis. I don't think it's that close to Kansas City. But before I get into the investigation, Missouri does guardianship in a unique way that may be a model for the rest of the country, or maybe they should get rid of it uh, themselves. So what, what Missouri does is, and then I hopefully got enough people listening that somebody will want to chime in as to whether or not this is a good idea or not. Each county, including right. uh, Pulaski, they, they, uh, they elect, it's called a public administrator, to represent the county in guardianship matters. So it's actually an elected position to have someone go in and uh, and deal from the, the county's perspective, I guess is the best way to describe it, uh, in all mm. guardianship matters in that county. And so I actually was investigating the public administrator for Pulaski, is Loretta Rouse, and she's no longer the public administrator because she uh, abruptly resigned now, she, she said she wasn't going to run for re-election, but the election is November of this year, so she had at least another year to yeah. go and suddenly resigned. Uh, and, of course, the local press didn't give me credit for it. Now, keep in mind, just because you found a corrupt politician doesn't mean that the idea is bad. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's a good idea or a bad idea. The, the positive is you, you have someone answerable to the people uh, involved in guardianship, which sounds like a good idea. That yeah. the negative is you, uh, it like 
it necessitates work. You're, you're basically saying that probate is such a big deal that you have to have this, this elected person. And so, you know, it's hard to, I don't know if it's a model. I can tell you that it, it would be a good idea if there's public engagement. The other problem is, you know, a small percentage of people are going to deal directly with this public guardian, but she's answerable to the whole 100%. So most of the people who dealt with Loretta voted against her, but she kept winning because out of the, not, the other 90%, they all saw, thought she was well, because what do they know? Uh, they didn't know right. what she was actually doing. Uh, but anyway, it, I think it would be if we engage, certainly your show and others like it should uh, like examine their elections and see if some of these uh, like candidates would want to come on and talk about how they would handle the office. But if there was more public engagement, you know, I don't remember the name of the newspaper, but the, the guy who runs it, he he had almost nothing about her. They, the general public really had no idea what she was doing, and she ran and won a whole bunch of times. As far as Loretta, I found a lot of troubling things. She, she did a lot of things that most of these corrupt guardian players do, like sell real estate primarily under market value, throw people into guardianship for very specious reasons. But specifically, I got several audio from, from the actual hearings where it was decided whether the person was to be put in the guardianship. And she would be the one putting in the petition. She would testify as the expert. Mm. And then, the you know, one hearing, it lasted four minutes, and she's the one talking about, like, the medical records and interpreting the medical records and she not only is she wearing a bunch of hats but how is the elected public administrator a an expert in medical records and she's saying things like you know he has dementia she has dementia or one guy was it was a younger relatively younger um you know and it was some accident that that was the the so-called reason and she's again interpreting you know how serious his head injury is, and you know, is she um, is she an expert in that? Probably not. But you got a, a nice little scam. It was a, the the name of the judge, and this is also another problem. His name is Michael Hedrick. He's the only probate judge in that area. So what happens in most of these hearings? Loretta's there, and Judge Hedrick is there, and the person that's in guardianship, they've only been there once. And I, the woman's name was Marguerite Webster, and her court-appointed attorney, basically, and this is one here, and this, she's now dead, but it, when her court-appointed attorney w was speaking, he was saying that she wants all of this, that supposedly Marguerite yeah. wants to be put into leadership. And, um, you know, she wasn't there, though. How do we know what Marguerite yeah. wants if she doesn't testify? Exactly. So, you know, these the the audio of these hearings is video. You know, they're on my YouTube channel. There's there's a complete lack of due process. It's essentially um, it's essentially 
uh, Loretta testifying in favor of her own petition. Okay, so she's like the prosecutor and the star witness, and then the lawyer representing the, the potential ward is not acting as you would expect a defense attorney to act, is basically agreeing with everything. One side presented, and that's it. And, you know, and it's very perfunctory is, is, is a great word to describe it. You know, it's the, the, the die is cast. Everyone knows it's about to happen. We're, we're just going to go through the motions to make sure we put it on the record. Uh, you know, the other thing I found mm-hmm. is they, they do a, some things with, with the, uh, the records. And then uh, all of a sudden, these hearings, uh, th- there's a case, and I can't remember the lady's name. But, and I, I was working with a guy named Greg Lee, whose mom is in guardianship. But he was court watching a lot. And he found a case that we started to cover. And then all of a sudden, they sealed the courtroom and sealed the record. And if you, and I pointed this out in my articles, the Missouri Constitution says all courts shall be open. Shall, it's a key word. That means there is no, like, in between. They're open, period. And here they're closing oh. them for, because what? And, it, and why? Because Greg was getting a little too close. And so the, yeah. they do a lot of the, the same things. But the, the thing that really was shocking is how quickly and easily these guardianship hearings get put through and Judge Hedrick, you know, rubber stamps it basically and just gets it done. And, uh, and as I said, uh, Loretta must have felt a lot of heat. Um, because she then suddenly resigned and it was announced at one of their, like the county board meetings. And uh, the local press told me, the, the guy who runs that local newspaper, I don't think it had anything to do with you. Her mom is sick. And uh, all of the mm-hmm. things she was saying, you know, her mom being sick, she had been sick for a while. So why yeah. is she resigning? And uh, no one on the board knew, and she had to come in and, and explain it. And, you know, it looks like it's me. So uh, you I know, no one's going to give you. me credit besides. Right. No one's going to give me credit except myself. Oh, we just lost you, Michael. The call just dropped. I will go ahead and talk about why I think that it was Michael. Michael wrote some articles when my uncle was in guardianship and it was uh they were written for rebel pundit it was guardianship um spreads to pennsylvania part one two and three and harvey Witten was part two and they were so powerful what he wrote because harvey was set free they ended up that article happened and then there was an article in the pocono times and at that point harvey was like a hot potato and they needed to get rid of him. And Michael is just so amazing in really follow-up, and he was, you know, really going at the attorneys and everyone involved and just going at them. And I absolutely am positive that it was Michael and his amazing writing and investigative journalism style that had someone step down in Missouri. We might not get Michael back. We are in a blizzard, and Michael – I can see if he can make it back. Um, we're in a blizzard. 
probably our phone lines are going down. I know there are some places around me, they have gotten letters from the utility companies. They're going to be out of utilities for three days. So we're in some bad weather. So I'm going to carry it for a little bit unless Michael can get back on. But if anyone has any questions, the number here is 917-388-4520 and press 1 and we can chat. Otherwise, I'm going to run with this topic and see if Michael can get back on here. Um, oh, I have a caller with a question. Thank you so much. All right, area code 773. Area code 773, you're live and on the air. Yes, hello, this is Aldona, and I'm oh, calling Aldona. from Chicago. You're in Chicago. So, uh, How is your weather there? Well, it's bad, it's bad, but it's, it's you know, other businesses lost power, so <laughs> Yeah. But we're okay. I think, I think we lost Michael. So. Yeah, so I would like to fill in a little bit. Lately, I had, uh, uh, I had my brother had a court. Uh, yeah. It wasn't guardianship court. It was about the property. I, but I would like to uh, fill in how they are corrupt in the the court. How they lying. So, so my brother had a court. He didn't get basically the phone. He got the phone call that he needs to go to court in the suburbs of Chicago. But when he went mm-hmm. to the suburbs of Chicago, where they told him that he needs to go downtown Chicago. And yeah, so it was kind of weird. So the day that uh, to have a court, we, we split with each other. I went the suburbs of the court, I gave them court number, and he said, know who you're talking about. Uh, he was yesterday, I give got court downtown Chicago. So mm-hmm. what my brother did, he didn't go downtown Chicago, he came to the smaller court, the suburbs. In, uh, okay. in the court, works. These men, they were intimidating him. They were telling, oh, he's ignorant. And Judge kicked him out from the courtroom. Uh, my brother said, listen, ready for the court. I have all my papers. And I uh, have all my papers. Uh, and by the court, I have everything on the paper. And I don't have anything. They didn't know what to say, uh, clerks. The judge jumped in and he said, get out of my courtroom. And he was kind of pinky like a pig. Uh, they all criminals. they all criminals. So we left the smaller court on the suburbs. We went to another court. So we arrived downtown Chicago. Court is over, but uh, they checked his papers and they said, "Well, you're supposed to be in the suburbs of Chicago in the court." So, trying to show they everybody, they schedule my brother court in the suburbs of Chicago, out of Chicago for same time, and the judge from smaller oh. court, he was so pissed because they wanted my brother in smaller court. He 
wanted to make him confused. So he mm-hmm. won't show up to the court. But my brother showed up and uh, and didn't go. It didn't go how the judge wanted to be planned. So right now, I think we'll be in the Chicago court, and we will see what will happen. It will be continuation. I saw it how yeah. they corruptive are, how they will say, yeah. in, you, you ignorant, like they make you low, like uh, they're treating you like you mm-hmm. did something wrong. No, you, he, didn't, he didn't do anything wrong. He told them, I want one things on the paper. Yeah. Hey, we and got Michael co- Volpe co- back. Okay, uh, so wait, um, let Mike. him speak. Yeah, hey, I, yeah. I apologize. I pressed the wrong button. You know, I, I, I'd love to hear from someone in your audience whether they think an elected official to handle guardianship the way they do in Missouri is something other states should do or if they think that Missouri should get rid of this system. What do you think, Aldona, while, you have, while we have you on the line here? Do you feel that the guardian should be an elected official like they do in Missouri? Oh, I, I, in my opinion, I would rather abolish uh, guardianship. This is uh, insane. Like I was observing the judge in the court because he had uh, different cases. Like here was... Uh, he had some cases on the Zoom, and he said, oh, does this person take medicine? Okay, uh, you, you, have, you have a treatment? And I'm like, what the hell? Since when they become medical uh, doctors, sitting on the court bench, taking decisions, yeah. another thing, judge made full of himself, and probably most of them, they fool. Judge, I don't know how many years he needs to spend to be educated as a judge. What he said to my brother, get on in my court, should he show so low, no education, but he was intimidated because of his corruption. He didn't go how planned. I, I, I am not, uh, I, you know, I would uh, abolish, but the best way, I go with Carolyn's law. Because when they're not going to do mandate, uh, the favor what we want, then it will be easier to abolish this bullshit guardianship. All right. So I answer gonna... your questions. <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think, Michael, I of think, the other answer? I, I think, yeah, I think if, if your view is that guardianship can't be uh, reformed and it needs to be abolished, then the, the the problem with this system is it expands guardianship because you actually have an elected official involved in guardianship. Now, if you could start to elect public administrators whose goal is to minimize and eliminate all guardianship matters, then that might be a way to do it. But I think if you believe, and I, I believe this as well, that's actually a somewhat uh, effective argument, but if you believe that guardianship should be abolished, then then saying that that guardians that an elected official should be handling guardianship for the county, because the problem with that view then is that you also feel that guardianship is necessary. Uh, you know, we don't have 
elected officials for things we don't need uh, or things that society believes we don't need. We probably do have elected officials for things we don't need, but, um, the, you know, imply, you know, a mayor is necessary. It's implied that the city needs a chief executive. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a fairly strong argument, but hopefully we got some other people who want to call in and give their I, view on it. Yeah. Anyone who'd like to call and talk to Michael, the number is, if you're listening, streaming online, you have to hang up and actually call on your cell phone because I can't see the streaming calls, 917-388-4520, and press the number one. I have a question about this elected official. So let's Mm -hmm. say that you might have a libel lawsuit against the Guardian because you believe they've, you know, committed some sort of malfeasance. If it's an elected right. fi- official, is that an extra layer of protection to shield yes. them from yes. liability? Yes. Yes. That's it, why they're not, doing it. Right. That, right. Well, so the statute was done in the 1800s. I think it was the 1880s. So I don't, you know, I, I can't, I, no one is around yeah. to tell me why they did it, but, um, you know, I, I uh, there is an extra layer, and that that's also a a negative. But as I said, you know, if there's more public engagement, then you have right. someone who's accountable to the people, and that is a positive. But I think if you yeah. think that this is a a not a necessary evil, but just a completely unnecessary thing that needs to be abolished, then then, you know, an elected official is the exact opposite of, of your view because an elected official by nature suggests that the probate is necessary, so necessary that we have to elect someone to handle it on our behalf. Um, right. And, you know, probate, it's, well, it's really not necessarily between two parties because it's like the state is deciding that uh, that um, someone is incapacitated. Uh, so, you know, there's a question of what is the state's interest that you need an elected official. But there there are positives and negatives. But I don't. I'm I am of the view as your caller is that that this is a completely not just worthless thing, but something that needs to be abolished. And in that case, you can't have. Uh, an elected official, because you're then saying it's necessary enough for an elected official. But as I said, hopefully other people will call in and see what other views we've got. Yeah, we'd love some callers. Call Hit the number one. If you're on with me on social media, you can text me or message me, and I can ask the question as well. So the number, 917-388. Oh, we got a caller. Hold on here. Let's see. We have area code 847. You're live and on the air. You have a question for Michael. No, I don't have a question for Michael, but I'm very familiar with the guardianship and the probate courts here in Cook County or Crook County, as it's referred to quite often, Illinois. And there is a an elected official, the Cook County board chairman is supposed to the the guardianship is under that 
uh, that often, and they don't watch watch it at all. The whole system here is so corrupt, it isn't funny. Uh, the, the, The procedure is standard. It really does have to be abolished. There's a good part of it for some people, but it has been so abused here that it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. And the the judges do not follow the law at all. The law here means nothing. So if you have a bad apple, it spoils the rest of the barrel. It seems like the bigger problem is just the judicial corruption. And um, we, all of our callers here, including Michael, we are getting calls from Cook County, Illinois. I don't know if you're aware of these stories and a two-part question. How I, could I these have callers, a... are you, oh, we have Sorry. Aldona and Dean. Um, and would you ever write a story on Cook County? And could they contact right. you? It's been a little while since I did Cook County. Well, one thing, the, the Cook County Board President is one of my favorite politicians, Tony Preckwinkle. She, I, I don't know exactly what her role is in, in guardianship, but she's the chief executive for the county. It's a whole, it's a lot different than someone who's elected to handle probate. She, she wouldn't, Preckwinkle wouldn't be in court on behalf of the county for probate. Her office may have oversight over probate, but you know she's one of my favorite politicians because she she actually does a good job with the budgets. Uh, before her, the budget was a complete disaster, and she came in, she closed down this hospital in a black community, and she's black because it was like ten percent occupied. Uh, and I remember I asked her, I was like, "You're like a Tea Party person." She got all offended because she's a liberal, but um, it's not. Having the Cook County Board President as oversight is not the same thing as a public administrator. Um, that, that's not even close to the same thing. Um, and, yeah, of course, there's, there's lots of corruption in Cook County. There's lots of corruption in the court system in most counties. Um, and I, I, I think, as I said, I think that it's a system that needs to be abolished. And if you, if you do this... You're more in favor of a system that needs to be reformed. Yeah, it sounds like in Australia they have. May I, may I add a they call the. Well, go ahead, Dean. May I, Absolutely. I approached, I approached Tony Preckwinkle in person twice and asked to speak to her about the problem. She did not respond. One of her gatekeepers responded, and they were not interested in talking at all. So she has oversight under her guidance. She doesn't appear in court, but they are operating under her um, jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, here, let me get Michael back here. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael, do you have a comment on that, on Dean's comment? I, do you know what? I had to, I had to step away for a second. I, I don't, I, I, I think I heard him say that, that, that he tried to speak to Preckwinkle about it. She didn't, that's entirely possible. As I said, you know, her role is not to oversee guardianship. It's to oversee the entirety of Cook County. Guardianship is, is a tiny part of that. Um, Right. Her main thing is the Cook County budget, the Cook County taxes. That's where her priorities are. So, you know, you're coming in to say you got to fix guardianship to a politician whose priorities are budgets and uh, the, you know, the jail is part of what she, actually the jail, the jail, her jurisdiction. Take it out of her jurisdiction. If it's under her jurisdiction, she has a responsibility. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, it's it's just a it's a mess. It's just a huge mess. Dean, you know we're concerned about you. We're having a blizzard in our area. Are you in a safe place tonight on this bad cold winter night? Because I know the guardian pretty much has you living uh, in your car. How yes, are you doing? I'm in my I am in my car. And we are experiencing a blizzard here in the Midwest, and you're in your car because of guardianship. I would definitely have to say that the whole guardianship system right here that's a failure. You and how old are you, Dean? So that the listeners can know. I'm 86. The guardianship is, has has engineered a foreclosure on my house. I was thrown out by a SWAT team, which if they had if I had resisted, they would have shot me like they do on some of the neighborhoods in in Chicago and the drug dealers, but. I don't have guns. There's no reason for me uh, to have my home broken into by a SWAT team and my thrown out on the street with the clothes on my back. And they have taken all my personal property. The law says that a bank who signs up somebody... uh, in guardianship or on a mortgage and they are declared disabled, the Illinois law says that that party cannot collect. So when they foreclosed on my house, that judge also was not following the law and was obviously painting a picture of being corrupt. Absolutely. Now, we have an international audience here, and because we had a little bit of a, um, the connection isn't really good, I'm just going to real quick recap so that the international audience is aware what is going on in Chicago, Illinois. Dean just testified at the age of 86 years old, a SWAT team, because of a guardian and guardianship proceedings, came in 
and kicked him out of his house. We are in the midst of a blizzard, and he is living in his vehicle at the age of 86 in the city of Chicago, Illinois. And um, this is this is shameful. This is absolutely shameful that this is happening in our country. Absolutely shameful. May I say, um, may I add? Yes. I've been living in my car for well over a year. And three over three years ago, they abducted my wife, put her into an assisted living facility. Uh, she she has her marbles. She suffered a stroke, was declared disabled. Her only ailment out of the stroke is a short-term memory impairment, and the poor woman sits in a in a room. We are not allowed to speak with each other, to visit with each other. There, when I got in there and I saw what the condition was, she has no table or chair or lamp to sit and read a book or do a puzzle or something like that. Her bed is virtually on the floor. Terrible. And she has to mix in with people who are suffering from dementia. Uh, and she doesn't have suffering. If she were out here in the public, she would be tutoring children. Yeah. Because she was a teacher. She was a teacher. How many years have you been married to your wife? 55 years. 55 years. And a guardian guardianized your wife does not allow I you to be of, with your wife. I took care Go of ahead. her and rehabbed her about 12 or 13 years before they. This has been going on since 2006. It's disgusting. This is uh, this is horrendous. Michael, you live right there in Chicago. I don't know if you caught the whole story there. What's the solution? We have an 86-year-old man, 86-year-old man living in his car for the last year because of guardianship. Right. Yeah, the solution almost always is if you abolish guardianship and provide for less intrusive other other ways to accomplish what guardianship purports to accomplish that's i for a long time i felt like there is no reforming guardianship because it's uh the the whole thing is it's just wrong that one person tells another that they no longer are allowed to have their own money to to maintain their own life. That's just wrong. And you know, there's power of attorney. Mm-hmm. There's other less intrusive ways to do the exact same thing that guardianship purports to do. So I've always said that the the answer is just the abolition of guardianship. Um, but listen, I got I got to get going. My my son doesn't like that I've been on the phone for as long as I have. Um, no, we, we can understand. Take a few other 
Yeah, thank you All so right. much, Michael. This has been a great show. And real quick, can you tell everybody about your Substack and how they can uh, read read your articles? Yeah, it's michaelvolpe.substack.com, and so you can check it out. They're both articles behind the paywall. And uh, the, the latest one I, I reviewed, a, there's a movie that's getting some public, publicity and buzz called We the Parents, and I didn't like it that much, but that's behind the paywall that you'd want to check out. I I, I got to get going. All right. See, see All right. Thank you, Michael. All right. Good night. Wow. That, what, uh, a, what, a, what a nice blessing I, that we had Michael for a little bit. Go ahead, Dean. Let's finish up this, sto- this show with your story because this is so wrong what you're going through. A, an investigative reporter whom I didn't know until she wrote an article on us her name mm-hmm. is Janet Phelan, and okay. she wrote an article. She did investigating, wrote uh, a couple of articles. In t- this one is good. I want your house. I want your wife. I want your car. I want your life. And in that, she investigated and exposes how the judges are being paid off. Oh, I'll have to Google so, that article. Oh yes, and, and I understand. I haven't read Doctor Sugar's whole book. Okay. The he outlines exactly what happens, and from what I've heard on these programs, it's the same pattern all over the country. The problem Absolutely. is there is no law enforcement and here in Cook County in Illinois the way the guardianship controls people is through licensing about everybody has some sort of a license a driver's license a hairdresser's license a law license so yeah. a lawyer who would take a, 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 a guardianship case would find that he is now in trouble with the regulatory uh, uh, person or people that govern licensing. So that's how they control the people. One, one person who lost their license because they were defending people in guardianship as a civilian non non lawyer helped me set up a a Google account so that I could attend a Zoom hearing. And okay. that person was attacked through a complaint really? by the guardianship to the regulatory bureau who uh called her in to be uh, interviewed for practicing law for setting up a, helping me set up a Google account so I could attend a Zoom hearing. And they also, Guardian, they also subpoenaed my Google account. And I have nothing to do with with that licensing bureau. That's crazy. Well, you know, we had Diane Diamond on the show 
um, the, the last show of December, and she's written that book. And she's about to go on tour and really expose this at a, on a really large media level. And I hope that she's listening to this show tonight, Dean, because your story is the kind of story that she needs to be telling because it's probably one of the most disgusting stories out there. I mean, 86 years old, married to your wife for 55 years, the guardian takes your wife and then takes everything that you own, SWAT team kicks you out of your house, and you are now living in your car, and we are experiencing a blizzard. We just have some people that have called in, or I see that have called in, so I want to make sure they know the the recap what's going on. This is absolutely horrendous that this is how you're living right now in Chicago. I wish I lived closer, Dean. I would come get you and get you in my house. <laughs> it's, this is, I, I'm, I'm horrified. Thank you. It's encouraging that some people have some com- compassion. But they. Now, I think they filter compassionate people out when they hire people yeah. for guardianship. Oh, yeah, you got to not have a soul to do that job. I mean, I, Marty used to say, we're waiting for a good guardian to come on the show, and this show has been running for 14 years now, and not one person, not one guardian has volunteered to come on the show and tell us that they're a good guardian. And we've never had anyone call in and tell us that there are good guardians that exist, and no one has brought an example forward. So we definitely have a problem, not just in this country, but it appears to be global. It's disgusting. You know, I want to ask you, you know, at 86 years, you have so much wisdom, Dean. When you were in your 40s or 50s, did you ever see the world being what it is today? Oh, no. And and I speak with another gentleman who is a year older than I, and we say, we grew up in a different America. I was born yeah. before World War II. And well, when no. I was aware of World War II as a child and aware of uncles and relatives uh, who served in the military. Uh, I am a veteran myself, uh, but from mm-hmm. a different era. But yeah. America is different, and it's it's being destroyed through the legal system and corruption. We need law enforcement, but nobody is enforcing the laws. I agree. We have another caller here. Let's see who we've got on the line. We've got about 15 minutes left of the show. We have an area code 727. I don't know where that's from. That's area code Clearwater. 727. Clearwater, who is this? This is Sharon McLean, and I just have a couple of questions for this gentleman. First of all, before he said he was a veteran, he said he was in the Chicago area. Where in the Chicago area, Dean? Uh, I grew up on the north side. No, no, where are you now? Oh, I'm in the suburbs. uh, Which one? 
Well, I don't want to be tracked down. Okay, well, I can't yeah. I can't help you with that then. But I can say this, if you're a veteran, you have the right to call the Veterans Administration. It's 24/7 and somebody can assist you. Have you done I, that yet? I'm a veteran. Yes. I I and, have a a serious uh, infection on the crown of my right foot, and I was not able to be uh, a, a civilian hospital, did not a- address it. And my doctor said, you get into an emergency room or you're going to lose your foot. I, I meet with a v- veterans group, mainly Korea and Vietnam, and they speak very highly of the VA hospitals. So I. So why haven't you gone? I have gone. I checked in on on Veterans Day, November. They admitted me and treated me. However, my military records were not found. We finally found them, and now somebody has interpreted that I did not serve on active duty, though my form, my discharge form in my military record says I served basic training, clerk type of school, and served with the combat engineering unit at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And then I was assigned to a 300th base post office, which uh, when you write to a serviceman, P.O. New York or A.P.O. Frisco, this was the unit that would handle that. Can I ask you a question? How many days were you from the day you entered boot camp until the day you were officially discharged? How many days? Was it more than 180 days, Dean? I, 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 when I joined the military, I joined a uh, program where you served six months active duty and five and a half years active reserves. And I have served with the, the postal unit in New York uh, and in San Francisco, uh, the Presidio. In New York, we were billeted at a fort that was designed by General Lee. He designed. Okay, I, I understand all that, and I appreciate it, and thank you for your service. But my question still is, how many days from when you entered, do you have an honorable discharge? Yes. Okay. So in order to have an honorable discharge and not a general discharge, even though a general discharge under certain conditions meets the the requirements, grandfathering, anybody who served a certain period of, of when what they consider a war theater like you did, it doesn't matter if you were deployed, it doesn't matter where you were, but it was that period of time. There are certain rules, okay? Just like when I went in, I went in in 79, 78. However, there was no war or no active theater for me to be deployed, but I still have my benefits. 
and it goes on and on. Each period of time has their own set of rules. And naturally, like everything else, the benefits dwindle down. But you actually have the the most benefits that any of us could ever get because you were in the first two. You were in a time when there was an act of war, correct? Yes. Uh, Korea was the uh, police action was still going on, but it was cooled down. It wasn't a hot It doesn't war. matter. It, it's, 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 and it doesn't. Vietnam was just starting. And exactly. Uh, the bottom line is you have to get to the right people. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure why this group or this organization that you meet with has not been able to help you, but, um, uh, I don't know how you're going to get me your phone number. I will do my best down here. Uh, I go to Bay Pines and everything is really close to me. And also the phone numbers are really close for me to dial, but, uh, I don't know how I'm going to get your information. I I give, I I understand. Hold on. Uh, Real quick, um, Jean, to get, because we only have a few minutes. I'm sorry, I'm muting people. Um, Are you area code 847, Dean? Yes. Is that, okay. Do I have permission to give Sharon your phone number in a private message? All right, Sharon, I'm going to be getting you that phone number of Dean as soon as this show is over on uh, Facebook Messenger, and we can hopefully hook you up. You know, real quick, um, I'm going to real quick tell you the story of my Uncle Harvey, and he was a Korean War vet, and let you know what he did, because this is just, this show has really turned into something really sad about how we're creating, how we're treating our veterans who have fought for our freedoms, and Dean I know I'm like in tears right now hearing your story, and I know Sharon is going to want to help you. I know Aldona is here in tears, who's also on the line here, and all the other listeners. This we have an international we have an international podcast, and to hear how we're treating our veterans is so shameful. But let me tell you what they did to Harvey Whitney, a Korean War veteran. He was a young medic, and he was actually. It live, you know, over there in Korea when he was 19 years old, and he held boys as they died, and it was so, it was so um, upsetting to him when he left the war. He went and found all the people whose sons he held in his arms as they passed away, and it was really important that he told their parents that their sons did not die alone, but. Harvey was put into guardianship, and as we know the story goes, he was thrown in a hospice for about eight months. His friends were told that he had already passed away, and this is how we treated him and how he was left to die alone in the United States under guardianship. It, this, is, this is so shameful what's going on. You know, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, close out the show. Does, any, does anyone have any last-minute um, any last-minute comments before we close out? We just have a few minutes left. Dean, yes, any last-minute um, closing? There, there, was, okay. there was a veteran. There was a veteran who was starved to death, and the VA has now implemented a policy here in Pinellas and Hillsborough County. Uh, no veterans are going to be admitted to any private hospitals under guardianship. 
because they've they've decided that enough is enough. That's here. I cannot speak for the rest of the country, but Dean, we will do our best. Well, I'm so excited to put you two together. Thank you so much for calling in, Sharon. And Dean, go ahead. Any last minute comments for us? You have just touched everyone's heart tonight. Well, I, I, I found a book that I started reading about a World War II, in fact, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor uh, survivor. He wrote a book, I think all the something men. He was a survivor of the Arizona. Very wow. well written book. Easy reading. Find it on. on wow. Uh, he's an Arizona survivor, and his descriptions would describe whether you were an American or a, a Japanese uh, soldier. I recommend that book. You know, speaking of the Arizona. This is, um, it was a Veterans Day. I was in church. Oh, gosh, it had to have been over 20 years ago. And on Veterans Day, they had a man who, who attended my church who has since passed away. And I had no idea I was going to church all these years with the man who actually survived Arizona. And I heard the story in my ear in church, and it was just unbelievable unbelievable you know what our veterans have done to fight for our freedom and dean thank you so much for all you've done and our country has let you down and we are upset i'm excited that we'll be able to hook you up with somebody that people have heard this story we are going to go ahead and close out real quick i'm like crying um real quick i want to thank our sponsors for tonight the national association stop guardianship abuse if you're in the united states you can reach them at stopguardianshipabuse.org. We have international. If you are in international guardianship, the different countries that are taking the calls uh, all over the international community is hooking up through the Australian Association to Stop Guardianship and Administrative Abuse. That's aasgaa.org. We also are sponsored by Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, and we'll be doing live in D.C. in um, in July, the end of July, and also shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Thank you, Dean, Aldana, and Sharon, and Michael for calling in. This has been a very, very emotional story. And for all of us who are in a blizzard, and especially you, Dean, may everyone be safe tonight. Good night, everybody. A healthy night. new year to all. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.